Oh yeah, I'll live for Jesus. I'll die. I'll die for Jesus. How you gonna die for Jesus? You can't even make it to church for Jesus. How you gonna die for Jesus? You can't give him a dime out of a dollar. How you gonna die for Jesus? You don't pick up your Bible, get on your knees. This is Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller and glad you're with us. And Pastor, you've, uh, I think, really identified something that kind of calls out a lot of Christians. Some of us can talk a big talk, but when it comes down to it, it's more about walking the walk, isn't it? Always. I say that all the time. Here's, we're, we're like Peter. Remember, Peter said, uh, though all these, he pointed at them and said, though all these leave you, I'll never, I'll never leave you. I'll never let you down. And uh, we let our mouths write a check that our commitment can't cash. Yeah. And uh, we find out later on when the rubber meets the road, as uh, the late, great Dr. J. Vernon McGee used to say, that all we're doing is just talking the talk. We're not walking the walk. Yeah, well, you've identified some pretty key things that we've already heard just a little bit about. you you already gone to meddling. You've heard the expression, put your money where your mouth is. Absolutely. Well, I say put your actions where your mouth is. That can include our money, too. Of course. It always includes our money. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. Jesus himself said that. It's in red in the Bible. That means (laughs) Jesus said it. (laughs) Well, speaking of red in the Bible, I heard a pastor at one time say, every Bible should be red. And that is one of the things that uh, I, I think we are not, as Christians, necessarily doing is diving in, engaging in God's Word. And sometimes that's because people get a little bit confused about what the Bible has to say. And we're going to go to a book today that uh, sometimes people have a little confusion over. They like to debate about the book of Revelation. We're going to be uh, camping out in chapter 2 for a little bit. Okay, yeah, because book of Revelation, it creates more heat than light. Okay, well, today we're going to uh, see how Christ is not just our authority, how he conveys our approval, but he also controls our appointments. What do you mean by that? Uh, Well, that means everything is set up by God. There's no such thing as an accident. There's no such thing as a coincidence. There's no such thing as luck. Everything is providence. That is, you know, what, what is coincidence? Uh, it, it is providence. The coincidence is when God decides to act anonymously. <laughs> I like that. That's it. And with that, let's open our Bibles to the book of Revelation, chapter 2, and continue the message, Committed to Christ in the Crisis. Here's Pastor Ford. This story can be repeated millions of times over. I just chose one out of literally tens of thousands of believers whose stories are written by the voice of the martyrs. Anyone familiar with the voice of the martyrs? Trust you'd get that magazine. Helps balance us out because we think we have problems, uh, but we don't know what problems are uh, until we read of individuals like Fatima. Fatima was born into a Muslim family She lived in Saudi Arabia, and in Saudi Arabia, it is illegal to preach the gospel. You can be executed for it. Not only is it illegal to preach the gospel, you can be jailed or executed, but it is illegal to convert 
from being a Muslim to being a Christian. For that, you can be killed. Now, generally, the ones who kill you are the members of your own family. But if they won't do it, people in the village certainly will. And that's what happened to Fatima. Fatima came to know Christ through internet evangelism and placed her faith in Jesus Christ and was discipled over the internet. Came time in that discipleship process where they were sharing with her that you ought to communicate your faith. And we said it on Sunday, right? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I don't know which, ser which service I did the outline, uh, did the outline in a nutshell, but did the outline in a nutshell. And so we then are to proclaim. We're to come out of the closet. People on our jobs ought to know. And, and somebody just said it today. They asked Frank, Frank, what do you do? He was giving a testimony. And I said, Frank is a Christian disguised as an insurance salesman. Amen. Because he just lost a million good dollar contract because he refused to conform to what they wanted him to do that was opposed to his Christianity. I was wondering if there was some way you could have tweaked it a little. Just, just kidding. And so it came time for Fatima to tell her family that she was a believer. And so she waited until the evening time, the, meal, the, the evening meal uh, where, where they were, you know, at their most intimate time. And then she shared with them. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And they went berserk. Because Fatima's older brother is a Muslim cleric. And not only is that a disgrace to the family, but there's a possibility that he could even lose his position because of it. And so they asked her to deny it, de recant. And she said, I can't. I can't deny the one who died for me. And they said, well, we'll kill you. And she said, my life belongs to Jesus Christ. If he wants me to die as a testimony of my acceptance of him, then I'm ready to die. Now, I wonder what I would have said. And while you're wondering, I wonder what you would have said. And so her family locked her in a room for about four hours while they decided what they were going to do and how they were going to do it. And they kept checking on her and saying, are you going to recant? She said, how can I recant? How can I turn back from someone who died for me? While she was there, she got on the Internet. And here's her last correspondence. There are tears on my cheek. And oh, the heart is sad. To those who become Christians, how you are so cruel. And the Messiah says, blessed are the persecuted. And we, for the sake of Christ, all things bear. What is to you that we are infidels? You do not enter our graves as if with us buried. Enough. Your swords do not concern me. Not evil nor disgrace. Your threats do not trouble me. And we are not afraid. And by God, I am unto death a Christian verily. As to my last words, I pray to the Lord of the worlds, Jesus the Messiah, the light of clear guidance, that he change notions and set the scales of justice aright, and that he spread love among you, O Muslims. Two hours later, her brother entered into her room and murdered her. She gave her life for Jesus Christ. Oh, did I tell you that Fatima had only been saved for four months? 
Hmm. Now ask yourself, would you have professed faith in Christ knowing that you would be killed by one of the members of your own family? One of the things that, that, that was helpful for me as a young believer, and, and you all know my story, I'm not going to go through all of that, but I used to, used to push drugs and, you know, as a Pepsi Cola pusher that is nickel and dime, wasn't no big time guy, you know, just nickel and dime. And uh, whenever Clyde, the guy I used to get my drugs off, he saw me one day, said, man, I see all them people come to your house and this white guy coming to your crib, I think he's a narc, I think you done rolled over. Of course, he thought I turned snitch. I said, no, man, I'm a Christian now. And that guy's the guy who led me to Christ. And he said to me, he said, and I tell you what, if it turns out to be different, y'all both dead. And I shared that with Ray. I said, man, your life is in danger. He used to come every Thursday to Bible study. And I said, your life is in danger, man. You, you shouldn't come here because I've seen people killed over a nickel bag. And I don't know what it costs now, but that shows you how, how long ago it was. I pushed drugs. And you know what he told me? It was something that God used to really stabilize me in my Christian life. He looked at me in that southern drawl, and he said, Bo, if Jesus Christ can shed his blood for us, then my brother, I love you enough to shed my blood for you. And man, y'all you, know what I did. What did I do? I cried like a baby. This man loved me. My own daddy abandoned me. And here's a guy that's not even my color who says, I will die for you. And so, so these people are committed to Christ. Now, Fatima is only, the, only one of tens of thousands, yet millions of people who are right now dying in Maldives, in India, in Pakistan, in Saudi Arabia, in China, in Colombia, and 30 other countries around the world that you can lose your life or your livelihood for being a Christian. We are blessed. To come in here like we are now, we are blessed. Because I just read about a pastor, a pastor in China that was taken out and was shot because he had a house church and it's illegal. I just read in the voice of the martyrs about what was happening in Colombia where they wanted to shut the Christians up because the Christians kept the young men from becoming soldiers to kill people. And so they, they were teaching them how to love people. So they went after the Christians, even though they hate the government and want to destroy the government. So what they did was they told the pastors, they shut down all the churches and they told the pastors they can't meet. One pastor asked another pastor to come pray. He walked across the street to pray with the pastor. And the guy said, who told you to walk across the street and shot them both down? This is not a thousand years ago. This happened this year. His son ran across and said, why would you shoot my daddy? And they shot him down. And we're worried about gas maybe hitting $5 a gallon. But they're committed to Christ through the crisis. And even though we may never be called to give our lives, we are called to suffer for his name's sake. You know what a lot of Christians do? We sell wolf tickets. Anybody old enough to recognize that? Remember you, in, you were in the high school and somebody was selling wolf tickets? What that meant was, for those of you who are colloquially challenged, is somebody who would talk like they were real bad. Oh, yeah, I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll whoop somebody this. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'm this. I'm that. I'm this. I'm that. Then when they get in a fight, they, they like wimps. Pee Wee Herman crying. Mommy. Mommy. You know, that kind of stuff. And they're Christians like that. They talk all big when, when there's no opposition. Oh, yeah, I'll live for Jesus. I'll die. I'll die for Jesus. How are you going to die for Jesus? You can't even make it to church for Jesus. How are you going to die for Jesus? You don't pick up your Bible, get on your knees. 
Well, that is uh, really a challenging question, isn't it? And really calling a lot of us out. You're listening to a message from Pastor Ford entitled Committed to Christ in the Crisis. And just a great reminder that we are called to pick up our crosses and to follow Jesus. And maybe you want to listen to this message again. Well, you can do that by coming to our website, treasuretruthradio.org. You can stream the programs through your computer. You can download MP3s or order copies on CD. Again, you'll find that at treasuretruthradio.org. Once again, here's Pastor Ford. And I'm going to tell you, folks, there's coming a time in America, this country, where, where it's going to cost you to name the name of Jesus Christ. That's right. When all this legislation go through and, and it's going to be illegal for you to preach against homosexuality because it's going to be a hate crime to preach against the, the homosexuality. We'll see how many pastors ready to go to jail. Luke chapter 9 tells us in verses 22 through 26, Jesus himself said it. How do I know that? Because it's in red letters. Here's what he said, beginning in verse 22. He said, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his father's and of the holy angels. And so Jesus himself said it. Now this church that we're studying, we've already seen. This church is suffering. They're in Smyrna, which was called the flower of Asia, the ornament of Asia. It was the first of the colonies to uh, 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 have Caesar worship. As a matter of fact, they requested that they would be able to build a temple to the worship of Caesar Tiberius. And that's exactly what they did. So then everyone in that city, in order to get a job, the trade unions were prolific. And so you had to say, Caesar is Lord. These people were poor, the text says, but they weren't poor because they were lazy. They were poor because they were loyal to Jesus Christ. So then rather than get their card, what color is that card, Eric? Oh, it changes, so they don't call it like a green card or a red card. They just call it a card, huh? But anyway, rather than, rather than deny Jesus Christ, they say, we will suffer. We will go ahead and we will forego food and clothing and shelter. And many of them were being martyred, as we'll see in a moment. And Jesus comes to them and he gives them this letter that is filled with encouragement for people who are going through something, who are suffering something. I, I know all about that because I was in the USMC, United States Marine Corps. And I tell you, it was, uh, man, it, the thing that got me was, bro, Green, I volunteered for that mess. I didn't get drafted. I volunteered. And when I, when I got there and, and, and uh, we got off the bus, and, you know, everybody's like, hey, Sarge, get off this bus. I'm going to be your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, and your son, son girlfriend. Get on out of here. Four o'clock in the morning. How many been in the military? Well, you know what I'm talking about. Four o'clock in the morning. Uh, well, you're, in the, you're, you're, you're asleep, man. You, you're knocked out. And garbage cans are flying everywhere. They're turning over your racks. And I'm saying to myself, oh, God, what have I gotten into? When you walk, watch, uh, walk firework, walk, uh, fire watch at night, that's at night when everybody's sleeping. You hear guys talk about, oh, mama, Ooh, you know, crying and everything, man, because it was rough. And I say to myself, I volunteer for this. But I tell you what I loved. It was mail call. They say, mail call, get online. We get online. I just wait to hear Private Ford 
Well, they, they called me Private Smooth. And they called me Smooth because he, he saw a picture of my wife and he said, how you get, you get somebody like that? <laughs> I said, sir, because the private is smooth, sir. Oh, private smooth, huh? <laughs> but I get my letter and I wouldn't even open it. I see it. I said, because wasn't nobody else writing me anyway, but I knew it was from her. And I get that letter, I get that letter, Elder Dixon. And, and I, the, first, the first thing I do is I just smell it. Ooh, because I know what was on there, Tigress. That used to be my favorite. And so she would, she would put that all on there, and I just smell it. <sighs> and I just smell it. Then I open it up. Dear, I ain't going to tell you the nickname. Dear, I miss you. I miss your arms around me. I miss your lips touching me. Man, you talking about. And we sing that song, Ain't No Use of Going Home. Jody got your girl and gone. And they wonder why I went AWOL three times while I was in the, while I was in the Marine Corps. You know, well, you know, I'm thinking about Willie Hickenbottom and, and uh, you know, Willie was pretty boy. I'm, I'm saying she at home with Willie. <laughs> Man, I went AWOL. But, but it was such a great encouragement and it would give me strength to go on. And, you know, I did pretty well because only four people make PFC out of boot camp and I was one of them. You know, and, it was, and, and, and most of it was because I would get those letters and I would say, this is going to be over one day. And it would encourage me. That's what's going on with this letter to Smyrna. The Lord Jesus Christ comes and he says, listen, I want you to understand that even though you're going through it for me, and remember, it's for him, not the stuff that we create ourselves. Like I said on Sunday, if you're going through hell on your job, make sure it is for Jesus and not just because you're lazy, trifling, shiftless, and won't work. They trying to fire me. I would too. Can't get no work out of you. Still want to be paid. Too long lunches on the internet all day. Answering your emails. Uh, uh, we call text messaging folk. When you should be working. But no, for the cause of Jesus Christ. So then we saw, let me do it real quick. We saw that Jesus gives this letter. The first thing he says is this. Christ covers our affliction. So he's our authority. It says, and under the angel of the church in Smyrna write, these things saith the first and the last, which was dead and alive. Now, now we, we, we're not going to go back over that. You can get the CD if you want what we did Sunday. But here's what he's saying in a nutshell. What is their problem? We're being threatened with death. And there's an authority over us that's just running our lives. And Jesus says, uh-uh, I'm the first and the last. I'm the originator and I'm the consummator. So I start it and I end it. They, their authority stops, uh, 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 but mine continues on. They inhabit time. I inhabit eternity. So Matthew 10, don't fear those who are able to kill the body, but fear him who's able to kill both body and soul in hell. Listen, I'm the one that's pulling the strings on these folk. And so you, I'm the first and the last. I got the last word. Word. Don't let the devil put a, uh, a period where I put a comma. It, when the devil says the, the end, I say to be continued, and I'm the one that's running the show. This ain't the last word. Amen. It ain't the last word. And then he says, and if they kill you, I'm the resurrection God. I have power to raise you up. Don't fear individuals who ever did it. Then secondly, we saw Christ conveys our approval. So he, Christ uh, covers our affliction, but then uh, verse 9, he conveys our approval. So he says to them in verse 9, I know thy works in tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. So here now, what Jesus is saying to them, listen, now he changes the word. I, I'm, I'm going to repeat this one anyway. He changes the word. When he says, he says, I know in Ephesians 2.2, 2, that's a different word from I know in Ephesians 2.9. Now in Ephesians 2.9, he uses the word that means intimacy acquired by experience. Here's what he's saying. I know what you're going through because I went through it. 
And what does Hebrews 5, 8 say? Even though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And so Jesus here was letting us know, listen, listen, you don't need to get your approval from them. You get your approval from me. You remember when that guy uh, uh, went for his violin concert and at Carnegie Hall and he did a masterful job. Everybody gave him a standing ovation, but he wouldn't bow. And so from the, from the side, they were saying, you're supposed to bow. He kept shaking his head, kept shaking his head. No, you're supposed to bow. No. And, and, and finally, they, they kept giving him an ovation, but he wouldn't bow. He was looking up in the stands. They were wondering what was going on. And uh, he had to tell them afterward. He told them afterward, you saw me looking up in the stands? Yes. He said, you know when I took the bow? Yes. I took the bow when my master who taught me stood up and began to clap. When he approved, then everything is all right to accept the approval of everybody else. But I couldn't accept everybody else's approval because I didn't have his approval. I think there's a message in that. I think there's a message in that. Look at your neighbor and say, whose approval are you trying to get? Mm-hmm. So let us pick up where we left off and third and fourth point, and then we'll wrap it up and we will have some time for testimonies and we'll have some time for questions and, 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 and concerns about this passage. Notice thirdly, Christ covers our affliction, verse eight. Christ conveys our approval, verse nine. Then notice verse 10, Christ controls our appointments. Here's what he says in verse nine. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried and you shall have tribulation 10 days. Be thou faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. Man, this thing is so powerful. Look what Jesus is doing. Jesus says, listen, and three things here real quick. You notice the prohibition and then the prediction and then the promise. Here's what he says. First, the prohibition. Fear None of those things which thou shalt suffer. Now, now get this. Here, here's what he's saying. He says, you know what? I don't want you to be afraid. And uh, we know that perfect love casts out all fear. Not just fear, all fear. So have you encountered the love of God that casts out all fear? You know, it's available to you right now. And if you have questions about how to receive that love, you can call 1-888-NEED-HIM. That's one triple eight. need him Well, here at Moody Radio, we are committed to clear Bible teaching, the kind that you've come to expect here on this program. You know, we present Scripture unvarnished so that you can walk in the light of God's truth. So thank you for giving your financial support to make Treasured Truth possible. And when you give a gift of any amount, we want to say thank you with a book by Joe Stoll called The Trouble with Jesus. In this hard-hitting digital download, you're going to discover why the world around us is okay with God, but it can't tolerate His Son. You know, Pastor Ford cautioned that a time is coming when proclaiming the name of Jesus will be costly. And Dr. Stoll addresses this topic with boldness and draws attention to many ways that we're already seeing this play out. So you can give your financial gift and request The Trouble with Jesus when you call 888 888- 644-7660 or go online to treasuredtruthradio.org and when you give we'll send a link to the digital download in your email you know your generous gifts are especially important as we near the end of the year and you can help us finish in the black by giving your support today again our number is 888-644-7660 or go to treasuredtruthradio.org well, I'm Steve Hiller. Our producers are Amy Rios, Mark Breda, and Nathan McMillan. 
Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. 